hello, hello, everybody. Uh, my platforming fans out there, the host with the platform most, Troy Reeves here. Uh, just to kind of give you guys a little bit of a rundown before we get into this week's episode of the show, which is, uh, as you can kind of see, a big one. Um, it is a childhood favorite and a game that has whole is near and dear in my heart. And as much as I do think I have my issues with the game and I do think it has not aged in the best light, there is something about this game that does gravitate me towards it and is a reason why this was the game that got me into the Sonic franchise. Obviously, Sonic Adventure 2, um, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle with the GameCube port, if that's the version you played. Um, but uh, this was a very fun episode. We got uh, Alan, Natasha, and Michael were really fun. Um, our biggest roundtable discussion, and it does get a little crazy. It does uh, it does it's a it's a it's a lot when four different people are trying to like said their you know tell their story about the game, but you know I think it's it's a really fun conversation, and we do get in depth with the game quite a bit that I think y'all will enjoy it here. Um, but instead of trying you know make it all like an over two hour long episode for you to listen to one through, I, I am splitting it up into two different parts. Part one, obviously, being the episode that you're listening to now, episode nine, and the next week episode, episode ten, being the second part here. Uh, with the first part, we're just more get going into the presentation of our game, the game, our uh, attachment to it, and a start of the little bit of the gameplay here. And next week, we'll get into finishing the gameplay and uh, if the game holds up in 2020 and should it be remade, um, things in that nature here. But uh, before we do get into the show, I do want to just kind of let you guys give a quick update on the show here. Um, as we're now about to be hitting episode 10 next week, um, I'll probably will be starting to push the show a little bit more. Like we're just like kind of like throwing its name out there, trying to be a little bit more active in the social media spirit with it so uh keep an eye on that i will also be launching a patreon uh for the show here uh either sometime next week or if not the following week i'm just getting kind of like the final uh things for it like just how the t what i have the ideas for the tiers and things of that nature here um but uh, i just wanted to mention it just because i don't want y'all to think like the patreon is just like oh that's how i'm gonna listen to the show from here on out that's not the case I, I appreciate you guys just even just l listening to the show as long as this has been. This has been kind of like a small pet project of mine that I'm glad has been kind of been consistently staying afloat. And I've been learning what's working, what's not working with the show each episode. And I've been really proud of what where this show is going and where it looks like it can be heading to and this is just a different way for you to support the show if you really um if you have the means to or if you can again just you listening to the show every time i drop an episode means the world to me and i honestly if that's the only way you could do it i'm completely fine with that and i'm happy that you find some enjoyment with this show it does mean a lot i'm just kind of I'm just launching the Patreon for another way to support the show so I'd be able to kind of tackle maybe some other stuff that I'd be wanting to do with the show's moniker and things of that nature here. Um, if like if you really like the show and want to support the show in any way, like a, a different way, that would be another way as well. Um, and maybe even testing out some formats and stuff like that. But again, if you're just enjoying the show on like on this level, again, I just appreciate it alone. This is just another step 
um, of supporting the show once we get that uh, set up. And I'll be following up more details once I actually do launch the Patreon and go over all that here. So keep an ear on that as well. Um, also, please, um, if you can, um, rate, uh, review the show and whatever platform that you listen to. Um, it helps get, spread the word a bit and kind of helps you know, get get out there a bit more, and I would appreciate that. Again, it's not the end of the world if you don't. Uh, it's just something if you want to just kind of take that next step, I really do appreciate it. And I just want to thank you all again for sticking with me for this long. This has been a very fun experiment, and I'm glad that it's been kind of sticking. I've been feeling like I've been getting a format down and kind of see again what's working what's not working and kind of learning and growing with each episode and i'm really excited to see where the show could head next um as we're kind of going into the next batch of episodes um nothing's really going to change format wise i mean this is probably going to be the biggest change it's just that testing out this two-parter like since this episode recording session was so long um, because we do dive into this game quite a bit that I am interested to see how that goes, how y'all take it. So please let me know what y'all think about the two episode format, uh, two part episode format here. But again, I'm super excited to see where the show goes. And I thank y'all for just supporting me even this far. Like, again, this started as a small project, uh, dumb little idea, and it's becoming something that I'm actually say that i'm quite proud of and excited to see where i could take this next here but uh without further ado uh let's get into this week's episode of up and down and all around sonic adventure 2 part one Hello, hello, hello everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome back to the platforming gem of a uh, podcast that you all love and came to love or hate, who knows, I don't know why you're listening to this, up and down and all around. I am the host with the platform most, Troy Reeves here, on a very, I don't want to say like Every episode is special, but this one I feel like it's a truly special episode because we're going into a childhood favorite of mine and a game that I feel a lot of people, and including the pa- the panel of people that I have on this show to talk about this game, um, it's finally happening, everybody. I'm finally talking about a Sonic game. It it only took nine episodes, but we did it. At least it could have been sooner. It could have been episode one, but no, I hold some restraint to it. And, uh, you know, I kind of just, it just kind of stumbled upon because I was waiting to wanting to do this episode maybe a little later, but I recently replayed it uh, not that long ago. And I kind of just have it fresh on my mind. And I'm just like, I feel like I have to talk about this game or else I'm just going to forget about it for a bit. So 
I'm excited about it. It's not the game that you may be thinking, like the f- first game in the series, but it's definitely a gem that I... The internet loves to either talk about or trash. I don't know. We, we'll, we'll open that on the debate here, but I got a panel of guests. We got a roundtable conversation. This is going to be a very fun episode. I, I'm, I'm excited to see how this turns out, but we're, uh, we're going to, we're talking about the classic 2001 Dreamcast, 2002 Game Boy, not Game Boy, GameCube port of Sega's and Sonic Team Final Farewell to an actual on a Sega hardware. The 10th anniversary Sonic game, Sonic Adventure 2. Sigma Alpha 2 heading due south over the city. We're en route. Everything's a go. This is Control Tower. We have you on radar. Report cargo status of captured Hedgehog aboard. Over. That's a 10-4. Cargo secured on board and... What? just an intro from the hero story of sonic adventure 2 and here with me today is a round table of the biggest expert i mean the people i know the most that know about this game as much as i do please welcome to the this round table discussion first off i want to introduce the my first ever guest uh, on the podcast and welcome him back because he is the kingdom himself Alan, how you doing, my friend? Doing great, Troy. How about yourself? You know, hanging in there, my band, hanging in there. And then with me at with Alan is we just had him on the show, actually, like just our last episode. So it feels like it was just yesterday. But uh, give it up to the co-host of A Soul of a Truck, a podcast about the killers, Michael Nance. How you doing, my man? Oh, I'm so ready to talk about this game, Troy. I, I'm excited that you're excited. I'm ready about this as well, you faker. <laughs> <laughs> you're comparing yourself to me? Oh, my huh. God. We all ready. Oh, God. <laughs> and to round out this roundtable is the bat, the bat themselves. My good friend, Natasha, the bat. How you doing? <laughs> doing great, Troy. Uh, Bruce the bat is all that matters in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... There, there's an audience for it, but uh, I don't think... Actually, I think it is for the intention you want it for, but not what I want it for. <laughs> agree to disagree. Oh, God. Agree to, that, that's a conversation where we may or may not be having during this episode. But I do want to thank all you guys to coming on the show and talking about this game because I feel... The reason why I picked you guys specifically is because I feel you guys have an attachment to this game that... 
honestly kind of made our friendship in some way because I think that's how ironically yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah somehow definitely I mean we we do sing a song from this game as our national anthem that is true which we will talk about at some point but yes like it it blows my mind that like I actually think about this game because it, it does hold a very special part of my mind and I definitely try to step away from it from like that point of view because i do want to like see it from a critical eye and actually like see does it hold up and stuff like that which we'll definitely dive into but i'm so excited that i got all you guys on this show because i think we're gonna have a lot of fun and really dive deep into this game but i think that's a perfect segue to like what what's y'all's personal attachment with the game like why what what makes why what was like your first experience with sonic adventure 2 you should start I'm not saying, um, I mean, Alan, do you want to start this? Well, I guess who who chrono- chronologically played it first? Because I, I feel like that, that opinion might actually matter more than mine. Because I, I played it back in 2011 for the first time, believe it or not. Oh, I played it when it, I played, I didn't play the one on the Dreamcast, but I did get it for my GameCube. Uh, so when it was brand new. the wrong version, got it. Okay. Same. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for the listeners, uh, you know, Michael and I are siblings, so it was pretty much the same experience. Uh, I believe, Michael, you played it on the GameCube, right? Yes, I did play it on the GameCube. Sonic Adventure 2 Battle was my first experience with it. Um, So most recently, just for Alan's pleasure, I did just play (laughs) it on a Dreamcast emulator on my PC. Okay, that's that's close enough. It's it's still a class traitor, but, you know, close. (laughs) (laughs) I am a class traitor. That's true. I gave myself away early in the app. I, 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 again, similar. I mean, I feel like a lot of people played the GameCube port. Like, that was the version that a lot of people played. Because when this game came out on a Dreamcast, the Dreamcast was dead. Like, it was discontinued. Yeah. yeah, like, literally, <laughs> it was discontinued early that year. It was re- re- released on the 10th anniversary of Sonic 1. And at that point, it was basically, like, Sega's last, really last published game on a Sega console. So, it's kind of weird. Because not a lot of people talk about that aspect. Because a lot of people just kind of talk about this was their first introduction, which this was my first introduction to Sonic. I did play the classics a little bit growing up, but I forgot what birthday it was. But I had to be a leader either 12 or 13 because it was like 2003 to – yeah, it was 2003. And after I got some birthday money and I went to a GameStop, and the two games that I bought was Sonic Mega Collection and Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. And as much as I sh- I did enjoy Sonic Mega Collection, but I put a lot of time into this fucking game. And I, yeah, I don't know. It's It holds a special plot, spot, spot in my heart because it is the reason why I think what made me really appreciate Sonic as a character and kind of got me to love the franchise because it was definitely that entry-level drug to me. To yeah. Me. I mean, it wasn't the first time I played Sonic. My the first, I played the Sonic was my first video game, Sonic Two on the Sega Genesis. Dude, same. And so yeah, I, I I fucking loved that game. So then when this came out uh, on the GameCube, and I I was already in love with the GameCube, I was just super hyped. It was what I wanted for my birthday that year. So yeah, this, uh, it, it and it lived up to the expectations for me in terms of what I wanted from a 3D Sonic as a I don't know 
13 year old i was guess i was 13 so yeah I, I think we had rented the first sonic adventure didn't we uh yeah the dx director's cut yeah yeah back when blockbuster was a thing oh yeah we had hollywood video yes hollywood video yeah there, there is a connection between uh, hollywood video and sonic but it's not particularly this game it's the first game in the adventure series but we'll talk about that at that episode whenever we get around to it but yeah i i don't know this game to me i replaying it i i because it is one of those games that it's kind of hard to review like to view it in a critical eye because it is such a it's such a home to such a special place in my heart because it is one of those games that i probably put it's definitely in the like the games that I put the most hours in. Like I don't even know how many. Like let alone I put twenty hours into this playthrough on my Steam version. Jesus, you're slow as hell, dude. I'm like <laughs> I'm like seventy five percent of the way through the first story, and I did that in three hours. Oh yeah, no, no, I beat I beat the game. I just like put twenty hours into this game just because I was collecting like the emerald pieces, like the emerald oh okay, fair enough, and fair enough. fucking yeah. around with the Chow Garden like. You're too slow. A real game. <laughs> I'm pretty Chow sure. Garden I, is the real game. Yeah, like That's the but, end game of Sonic. It really is. Like it is like the post game of Sonic Adventure. Like let's real talk, but we'll get into that more. But I do want to talk about the development of this game because it is kind of fascinating. So this was developed by Sonic Team USA, which uh, was a former, obviously American division of Sonic Event uh, Sonic t- Team here, and I'm pretty sure they did Sonic Adventure One as well. Uh, don't quote me on that per se, but um, the game was directed uh, by Tasika Inafuda. I cannot pronounce. I cannot pronounce names here. Inafuda. It's like uh, like L I Z U K A, and I believe he directed the first Sonic Adventure as well, um, and produced by the Sonic's creator Yuji Naka, and apparently it was developed for eighteen months, um, which I kind of seemed like a longer development time than i expected for this kind of game um but it's pretty short by today's standards oh yeah for a game of this caliber you know because this was like you said this was like at the tail end of the dreamcast life cycle and so this was a last ditch effort to get a little bit of scratch before they just threw this in the dumpster i'm pretty sure they tried to rush it because they probably like wanted this game to come out probably sooner but it was yeah like, I guess I, I, I kind of want to segue because I, I didn't actually get a chance to talk about what this game meant to me. And I, I feel like the 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 product of Sonic Adventure 2, like how it was made and how it all came together, it definitely ties into like my opinion of it. Because like I said, I, I played this game back in 2011, right? So I, I had no like, not really any nostalgic bias at that point. I was in high school, uh, you know, I was, I was basically collecting retro consoles, you know, way after the fact. And... Like, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, pretty much immediately I saw that, like, Sonic Adventure 2 was, like, a broken, glitchy fucking mess. <laughs> but it, it's, like, it, it still had, like, an emotional attachment for me in the sense that, like, you know, because I, I had played the first game uh, back in, like, I think 1999 or 2000. You know, the first Sonic game, like, Sonic 1991. And, like, I fell in love with it, like, immediately. I sucked at it. I didn't even pass the first boss ever until like 2005 but i just fucking loved it and then when i saw like pretty much the the penultimate you know sega hardware revision of sonic it was it was interesting because it's like they clearly put a lot of effort and thought into this and a lot of it works and a lot of it really doesn't and i i think it's rushed development and just the circumstance of sega basically just you know shit canning the entire console 
really ties into like what makes Sonic Adventure 2 such an interesting product. Yeah, that's what I was going to kind of yeah. dive into a little bit more with the development because I do think this game play what plays a big factor in the franchise because I think it's a big turning point because okay. this is to me when classic and modern really meet and like core aligned with each other and they really have like then they become their two separate things. Like the classic goes to the Sonic Advance series and then the modern goes into the dark era which is heroes shadow 06 basically until they kind of meet again in colors and generations but to me it's just the character of this game like this is kind of what my idea of modern sonic is like not even the sonic himself but even like knuckles and tails like i think are very kind of like the idea of what they what their character are in the modern uh, game definitely play, gameplay definitely. and and even in the development you can kind of tell that because like it, like in the first game they uh were inspired by real time like real world environments like obviously san francisco because that's where her headquarters was and uh i don't know if you played the first level of this game but it's fucking san francisco the level yeah um, yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, none of us have played this game. We're just, you know, listening. Here. You're just listening. <laughs> that, that's fair. I'm just hoping for the best. I'm just kind of just <laughs> throwing <laughs> adjectives out there and just hoping I get it right. Fucking A here. But, um, yeah, I love Tetris. <laughs> I love faces, Tris. Love, oh, my God. Two. Tetris 2 on the N64. <laughs> Fuck. Um but they were their their main goal with Sonic Adventure Two was to streamline it more from Adventure One because which I will say that's one of the pluses for me uh, with Sonic Adventure Two it is a lot more streamlined instead of like the open world hub world that you kind of have you have just level to yeah. level like you have a hero story you have a dark story and it's just each level uh, goes after you beat it which again that's a converse like i mentioned it before like a lot of people have that debate of like how should there even be hub worlds in the game should it just be kind of like a level select kind of stuff and it depends on the game that you're trying to make um which i think in sonic adventure 2 it clearly they, that was the game that they were trying to make here but also one of the big things that they were trying to push for is really to push the dreamcast to its level to its breaking point because i do think this is definitely one of the best looking dreamcast games oh yeah and, definitely like, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, I was playing on my like CRT today, like, and it, it just looks amazing. You know, even in like composite video, it, it really just like the, the the graphics are very angular, yeah, but like the texture quality is like really really good, good. Yeah. yeah, and like the art design is just on point. What? Yeah, I remember being like, you know, gosh, I was probably like eight or nine years old, and like seeing like the actual like story cutscenes and just being like blown away i was like i didn't even realize they could make games look like this it was really funny fmv in which case you just vomited i mean yeah that, that's the only thing that really has not aged well but we'll get into that here in a bit but the only thing i mean one of the <laughs> one of the only thing i'm kidding but uh one of the other thing that like it's kind of crazy to think about back then but not a lot of games do it until i think the fifth generation the end of the fifth generation to the beginning of the sixth with the dreamcast playstation 2 gamecube xbox is frame rate this game runs at 60 frames per second on the Dreamcast. Yeah, it, that it, frame rate's very important with Sonic. Which I think, like, Sonic Adventure 2, to me, with the frame rate, is the reason why Sonic games should be at 60. Yes. At, 
Mm-hmm. Um, as much as like, I'm not the biggest frame rate person, if you know anything about me, but the type of game that Sonic tries to be, I, you kind of have to hit that consistent 60 for it to really, I feel, nail what you're trying to do with it. And yeah, definitely. What, and I think that's definitely why some of the Sonic levels in this g- game are some of my like peri- favorite period of the series. But well, I, huh? I, I have a counterpoint, actually. I, I would argue that, like, in, in some ways, uh, you know, it's it's a matter of, like, from Sonic Adventure 1 and Sonic Adventure 2, it's, it's like you're still dealing with, like, the same hardware. And uh, I think the problem with Sonic Adventure 2 is that while it looks, like, absolutely stunning at 60 frames per second, it, it also comes with the added negatives of, like, they, they really did have to, like, cut down a lot of the the grandioseness of like sonic adventure one where like you that's true you literally cannot get anything like uh what was it windy hill i think you know where like the all second. those like particles were in rocks were flying everywhere you couldn't you couldn't do that on sonic adventure 2's engine because it, it simply couldn't render all of that that quickly that's, that's yeah that is true so i i think that is one of the things that from sonic adventure one to two it's like they they did what they could with like the limitations that they're imposed uh that were imposed upon them but uh there's definitely a change and so i'd argue that not necessarily uh you know going from 30 to 60 is it'll it'll break the game it's just a matter of how that space and like the memory limitations are utilized and i think they both do it great in different ways Uh, no of course like it's so weird to me like this front like this series these both of these games both have adventures but they're too very similar but very widely different games oh like, yeah sure. like adventure one does run at 30 frames per second but i still love adventure one a lot like oh. there's there's a lot more that i think adventure does better than sonic adventure 2 and i do think there's sonic adventure 2 does better than sonic adventure one however i do think like 60 what i mean by like 60 frames per second is there's always that debate of just i just think like sonic levels especially like really kind of run like just it just feels better it just feels better and that should be at least a goal to to try to nail like maybe it's like if you have to keep cap it at 30 i understand it's not the end of the world it has it can be done but i do think 60 frames per second for a sonic game really fits and i mean i don't know if we're ever going to get that again because as much as sega loves to whore sonic around they don't really throw a lot of money into its development and um yeah sonic's a cheap whore yeah. Sonic is a cheap four. Yeah. Sonic is a very yeah. Cheap they don't they don't have to put a lot of money into him, and he still sells. I mean, Jesus, there's like Sonic Dark Chronicles and like. I'm pretty sure there's more monies. Sonic in. Rush. I actually love the Sonic Rush games. Don't fucking don't do bats to Sonic Rush games. Those are fun. I will love. <laughs> I will fucking love a Sonic Rush reboot or anything on the Switch. Like I, I really hope this is the first time anyone's triggered you on the stream, Troy. I, I hope that it was for Sonic Rush. I knew it would happen, dude. I mean, <laughs> have you heard that game's soundtrack? It is fucking fire. Like it is in my top five Sonic soundtrack. I mean, as fire as this one though, I don't know. Yeah, that, I mean, dude, I do want to talk soundtrack about soundtrack in this game. Hell yes, I do. I do. Want, the soundtrack will come up, but don't you fucking dare de- bad Sonic Rush. Okay, Sonic Rush is a very fun game. Um, that has flaws, don't get me wrong, but it's very fun. Uh, but I digress. Uh, but um, apparently, according to Yuji Naka, like quotes from the development talk about Sonic Adventure 2, he said this was way easier to develop than Sonic Adventure. Which... Oh, yeah, because they're starting from the ground up for Adventure 1. Yeah, and I, I get that. And 
as much as I do think Sonic Adventure 2 is pretty ambitious for what it was trying to do, probably more for a story than anything else. Um, yeah, like, they kind of now know the hardware. I mean, they definitely were pushing the Dreamcast to its limits. And that, mm-hmm. I think making it more user-friendly with the level select or as it kind of goes with each level was definitely mm-hmm. a, a great move to probably help regarding that. But It definitely helps with the pacing. It definitely does. And, I mean, we'll go into that a little bit more with the presentation here just uh, in, like, in a, in a minute here. I just do want to talk about, like, kind of, like, how the game was. The game immediately started development pretty much right after Sonic Adventure 1. I mean, Sonic Adventure 1 is still the highest-selling game on the Dreamcast. Um, and this game was announced in uh, 1999, I think, from, like, you remember those little small jpeg size videos that you'll get on QuickTime on AOL? Like, oh, well, yeah, uh, yeah, that was kind of like you have to like kind of watch that on like IGN or something like that. Announce a trailer and they announce three characters, Sonic, Knuckles and Eggman, which was a big deal because at that point, and I still think to this day, it's really the only time you get to play as Eggman, which is super cool because. I still think it's cool because it's such a you playing as the villain of the franchise. It's like when you get to finally play as Bowser and Mario, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So so basically, like the last of those part two was basically copying Sonic Adventure Two is what you're saying. I mean, <laughs> Confirmed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Confirmed. That's that's the reason why. Like I'm telling you, why Sonic Adventure Two is a better game than Naughty Dog. <laughs> yeah. Neil Druckmann is a fucking hack. <laughs> <laughs> he stole it straight from my boy Yuji. And uh, you're here telling the truth. I love if, if he actually was some of the like w- stumble upon this. He's like, I actually like what this fucker is doing, and he just hears this, like, you know what? Fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, imagine, imagine getting called out by Neil Druckerman over a podcast that no one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually, I'm not gonna lie, that'd be kind of a proud moment for me. <laughs> well, and what's funny? There's like an actual precedent for that, where he's basically called out people who've like insulted him on Twitter. So it's like it could happen, bro. <laughs> but I'm not like I'm not like insulting him. I'm like I respect the man like as much as like the last of like again. But I I just, I would kind of respect. I'd be like. You know, hey, that just shows that people are listening to my podcast. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It would do wonders for your viewership, for sure. <laughs> but uh, but that was kind of a big deal. Uh, you got to finally play as Eggman, which was... I mean, I still think it's super cool, because Eggman is such a cool villain. To, like, such a unique villain, and it was so fun to finally actually got to technically play him. Officially, not with hacks or mods. Let's just, let's just say that right now, because I know that's very possible. Um, but they ended the trailer with a black hedgehog, which eventually becomes Shadow. We all know, like, that's kind of the thing. This, I don't know what it is with this era of gaming, but, man, people just love to make dark doppelgangers of our main characters because Sonic does it. Does Jack does it, too? Like, Jack and Daxter, Alan? Like, I feel like Jack and Daxter does deal with that a little bit. What do you mean, like... Like a dark version of their character, like the protagonist, like a dark version of Jack. I mean, yeah, I, I guess, but I would I would argue that at least Jack 2 pulled it off. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit in a minute here. But I mean I, I just want to because like Jack did it. Fucking tie to tie me the tiger did it. Really? Yeah, the second Oh my god. Yeah, like they ended on a teaser. I think it was either one or two. I don't like it's either one of those two games. I'm pretty sure it was one. That like the hundred percent ending is they revealed the dark tie. Oh. 
and they kind of set it up like that was gonna be the sequel, but it doesn't become like he just becomes like a fucking side character. Like, I mean, it's Woof. it technically started with Link because there was Shadow Link, even with Zelda two on the NES, and then they really went into it with um, Shadow Link and Ocarina of Time, and then Mario fucking does it with Super Mario Sunshine with Shadow Mario, but um, yeah, I don't does know. Does that really count? I mean, I don't know. It's just Bowser Jr. wearing like a hat. Whoa! Spoilers, <laughs> man. Spoilers. Oh no! <laughs> Even though I have tweet about I've my already forgotten spoiler. I mean, <laughs> I will talk about Sunshine eventually because I have been replaying it. But man, um, there was some so much potential with that, and I feel like they they bogged it down, man. They bogged it down. But I. What I was just trying to say is this that era of gaming. I don't know what the fuck it was, but they just make like, hey, we got our uh, prota- protagonist. Let's make a ver- evil version of him. The fucking spice of this franchise. And that was kind of the big push of it. And then it had its big E-free thing where um, the N- Sonic levels came back, the Knuckles level came back, and the Gamma levels from the first game were kind of retooled to Eggman with the mechs. And I don't know if you guys know this about the development, but a lot of people got pissed that Tails was not a playable character to the point that there's... Well, he this... was a playable character. You well, just played him in, like, a mecha, right? No, yeah. but, okay, so originally, you mean, like... like, as the Tails gameplay? Well, when he was anna- when the game was announced, Tails mm-hmm. wasn't nowhere to really be seen, and a lot of people got mad about that. Like, there was a lot... There's a fan uproar that you didn't get to play as Tails, so a lot of people have theories that he kind of was shoehorned into the gameplay with the mech with Eggman because people think it doesn't fit his character even though it kind of does um I don't know it was just it was I I just found that fascinating that people like there's that and they never really confirmed it like they never really say that Tails was never really meant to be playable in the game because originally people thought it was just going to be Sonic Shadow Knuckles and Eggman being the only playable characters um until obviously it becomes a roster that it is i just found that fascinating because tails was i mean tails is such a big part to sonic games i think you can't really do a sonic game without tails in my opinion but i don't know i just i just find that funny that people just thought he was shoehorned into the mech levels because (laughs) yeah well and he kind of was and the cart level Okay. Yeah, like, and there is some theories that I'm like, I wouldn't like the some of his levels. I'm like, does feel like he kind of was, but well, I mean, part of me, part of me does kind of think that. I mean, man, maybe, maybe he was shoehorned in, but they really polished it over to where it didn't really feel like he was, in my opinion. Because I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, it, it does make sense that, like, yeah, I mean, perhaps it would have been better if he was like flying around and shit. But you know, he is like a a technological wizard, and so like his his. Uh, presence in the little ship thing does make sense and they add it into the story it's it's not like it's not part of the story i mean so i I don't know i mean he's an active part of the entire narrative so i I don't really know if he's really truly shoehorned in if he's still a part of it and that's the thing it's like i think he was always meant to be in the story i just don't think maybe people are saying maybe he was never really meant to be playable playable. yeah like his game play I mean, there. I mean, we'll talk about that more with the mech level, but he definitely there is parts that I do feel he is get, can kind of shoot for it in again cart level, for example. But yeah. they were always going to put tails in, and I mean, as much as like I would like to have a three D Sonic game again when you get to really play as tails, but we'll kind of talk about that here. But that's pretty much all with the development here. It's just like they, it's kind of was, it's kind of like a little bit of like Adventure One, except they they kind of know what they're doing, 
I feel like they kind of knew this was the writing on the wall for Sega. Like, you kind of had to know at that point that... Well, um, they knew, objectively. Yeah. They already had shit-canned the Dreamcast by the time its development was, like, finished. Yeah, yeah well, definitely. I guess, I guess in the sense that, like, during development, they probably didn't know until, like, the very end. I mean, do you really think Yuji, Yuji Naka did not know for the development of this oh, game? Oh, yeah, I mean, they had to have known sometime in, like, late 2000, like, yo, this is not going to work. Or, if, like... I mean, this game was quickly ported to the GameCube. I think, like, okay, this game came out on the 10th anniversary of Sonic, and I think Sonic Adventure, uh, Sonic 1, and I think the GameCube port, the GameCube port was later that year in Japan in December, and then it came out early 2002. So it was launch window still. So they kind of had a new, like, this was not just going to be a Dreamcast game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but by the time Sonic Adventures development finished, they were already like probably buying up like PS2, Xbox, and GameCube development kits. Probably. I mean, the game, the, the Dreamcast was discontinued like early two thousand one. So yeah. yeah. But it's just that's like the only interesting thing. But there's really not that much more about it. Like it's just the fact that like it was they just knew the hardware more and they got to really push it to its limit, but also kind of. Sh- streamline it more from the adventure formula which it still feels like an adventure game but it's mm-hmm. not like adventure one like it was very unique it was very definitely it, it's honestly this is going to sound weird it's the super mario galaxies and super mario galaxy 2 where super mario galaxy 2 was so much more streamlined and so much more uh like kind of more about the levels where so- uh sonic Super Mario Galaxy, even though the levels were d- super unique, there's also was kind of like a hub world you get to explore and stuff like that. Like, again, they're not perfect one for one comparisons, but that's kind of what I feel like with this game. Like, it's just kind of like, let's just make a streamlined version. Like, let's, tr- let's try to fix what was not the criticism we got about the first game. So, but I mean, that's pretty much it. But I do want to talk about the presentation because I do. This game. It does a lot right, but it does a lot wrong at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. I do the story. Let's get into that first because I feel like that's kind of the the one of the, the the highlights of the game, if you want to call it that. The story, huh? The highlight. Yeah. I mean, yes. Pe- not, pe- not ironically, yes. Yes, people, ironically, people, it's a people, definitely I, memorable. It's definitely yes. memorable. I will say this: I admire what they were trying to do. I do, yeah. th- I do think it kind of works in some aspects. Like, to me, like, it goes with the character of most of these characters, like Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Eggman, even Shadow in a way. These are the characters that I envision of this franchise that I honestly don't even think Sonic Team or Sega has ever really truly came close with since. I totally agree with that. I think this is like, you know, uh, Shadow, Rouge... Were there any other new characters that were added in nope, this Sonic, game? Sonic, uh, Shadow, and Rouge. That's the yeah, only ones. Those are the only two characters that were added to the Sonic like canon, like pantheon, if you will. And actually, never, people like, was the president. The president yeah. came back in a couple of games. Oh yeah, Shadow oh, the, the Hedgehog. President. The president. Does he go fast? 
<laughs> his, are his levels just speed I mean, runs? he got, he got those, uh, he got well, okay, runs. he's not playable, obviously. <laughs> he yeah, should he's be. A character. Well, on, on that there note, is. actually, Alan, I'm looking through the trivia here on the wiki, and apparently you can unlock the president's secretary's theme song if you that's, hit the control <laughs> that, That's true. That is true. That is fucking true. <laughs> I, I'm finding some real interesting facts on here, let me tell you. Goddamn. There's a really weird... You know, they, you know how they, you know where where they really messed up. A key, a key element to this game where they messed up is they really should have gone for the M rating. Oh yes, my so. god! No, yes. that should have been for Shadow the Hedgehog, man. Yeah, Shadow the Hedgehog. They needed to give him guns way earlier yes. uh, before his solo came. I mean, he needed to literally kill people. I mean, yeah, this was after Columbine, so it would have cut deeper. Holy <laughs> shit! But it loomed larger in the uh, public Holy imagination. <laughs> Anyway, oh my god. Um, Alright, before we really uh, get on a watch... Podcast canceled. Yeah, yeah I mean, all I'm gonna say is, you know, Rouge trying to seduce Tails. I wasn't convinced. They should have gone deeper. <laughs> before before this god. podcast really becomes on a watch list. Um, no, like, no, before. like, the, that's fair. That's fair, but... Stop, like, so, because this is like the last game, I feel like they add new character. Well, there's still new characters that they add on to other games after this that I feel like fans respectful. But Shadow and Rouge are probably the last two really major characters that they add that people fans really adore, like to the franchise. And you know, I, you know what's funny? Oh, sorry, go ahead, Trey. I was just no, I was just gonna say like because I do think the story, to its credit, does a lot of things right. Like I do think it is a lot more streamlined because Sonic Adventure One. The story was one of the weirdest aspects to it because they had to like connect all the characters align, mm -hmm. and some of it was so shoehorned in that it was not even funny. It, it felt like Pulp Jack. Fiction. It, it felt like Amateur Hour Pulp Fiction. Oh, it was so <laughs> Amateur Hour. I don't even want to call it. Like it had the format, but that's pretty much all the similarities that's, I'm going to get. Sonic Adventure Three needs to have its story done by Tarantino. <laughs> oh yes. my god! I'm fucking love that. Going for the M rating. I know, like, finally get our M-rated Sonic game. Like, well, uh, we're we're going to see a lot more of Tails' feet. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. No, not Tails' feet. Uh, Rouge's feet. feet. Yeah, Rouge's like, we're crazy. Which has entered the chat. <laughs> Rouge's feet are a playable character. <laughs> just just the feet. You don't get just to the feet. Else. Oh, my God. I hate this so much, but I love it uh, at the same time. But yeah, the foot bath level really was the one that stuck with me. It's like it, like the Witcher free like that bath scene of it, but instead of like the wit like the Witcher, it's fucking Rouge. <laughs> and it's shot oh, like it shot like the scene from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, oh, where Margot Rock like the feet center of the shot. Oh my god, dude! Like Tarantino was so thirsty for Margaret Qualley's feet. Holy shit! <laughs> like. That's. I mean, I would agree it with that. Does. I mean, I mean, not even just Mario Robbie feet. Any no, almost, Mar Margaret Qualley, and, and that was the girl in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, the character I mean, that like Brad Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. Cliff Booth, who's I I adore. Um, I don't know. I again, this this is going a little off topic, and I would love to talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because uh, fuck you guys, it is Tarantino's best film. Don't at me. I will. I, I, I'm adding you right now. Actually. I will. I will fight on this hill. I really love that film, but uh, at Troy, aka idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. But as much as like it does streamline a lot of it, because again, there's just a hero and dark story, and then once you play those two, 
you do get Strudhorn in. However, the story it was it was a lot more ambitious because it was trying to be a lot more serious. I put serious word quotation marks because does it really hit the mark? No, never. No, <laughs> not not really. I, I I can't even lie to you. Say eh, no. It, it it tries to be, but no. But yeah, I don't know if that's like the game itself or the English dub translation of it because no, the story's just bad. You know, and that's anyway, true. Get it? It's yeah. just uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it also has so many loopholes. Because then it gets like Eggman has always been into the human society, but it's like how did he get into Sonic World? Also, how does Sonic got into the human world? Or, yeah, they never explain that. They do like, in the I mean, comics. Are, are there other people, are there other characters like Sonic that are like, you know, these weird ass, like, because there are apparently actual hedgehogs in like, you know, those little capsules and stuff. So like, w w is Sonic some just like mutant alien fucking freak? And there are like <laughs> other characters like him that they just don't talk about? Like, wh what is the deal here? So in Sonic, like in the Sonic, uh, the Sonic Archie run comics, for the promotion of like Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2, they kind of do talk about how the humans come into their world. It gets weird because it's apparently they've been living in the same world the whole together. It's just like the north northern heather sphere was Sonic's aspect and the southern hemisphere was the the human world. It gets huh. it gets weird. So um, are they even on Earth? It's like Mobius at the whole like it's the whole time. Okay. So it's, it's oh. like a world like ours, but not ours. Yeah. It, I don't want to get too much into it because I don't even think it does a good job explaining it. Because they also ditch it pretty after Sonic Adventure 2. Like just how mm -hmm. this game series does. Like they ditch it pretty like after yeah. Sonic Heroes. But then yeah, bring it back. On. But yeah. bring it back for so Shadow in 06. But then they're like, ah, fuck it. Sonic Unleashed. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, when, when you really think about it, Shadow the Hedgehog was Sonic Adventure 3. It was canonically Sonic Adventure 3. Yeah. Unfortunately. They just like yeah. really played up the grinding aspects. <laughs> so, and guns. Oh, of course, guns too. But I mean, there's technically guns in the mech levels. So, I, I mean, but I mean they, they really amped up the school shooter vibes of like. God you know, damn it! <laughs> no wonder why Shadow the Hedgehog so. God fucking damn it. Uh, don't come to Green Hill Zone tomorrow. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> well, now we're on the watch list. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're officially on it. But, like, yeah, like the story, like, it definitely tries to, like, it definitely has some of the charm of what I think what makes Sonic char character work. Like, I mean, you heard in that intro clip of this, the intro of Hero Story, that's Sonic to me. Like, this fucking yep. arrogant adventure asshole who's just like. Yeah. Like no food. What talk about a low budget fights? No food or movies. I'm out of here. I like running better. Oh, I'm yeah, like, I mean, that's like that's the Sonic. best intro in the entire series. Oh yeah, like that. That game is such a strong start. It, I, it, I, it was stayed within my memory for like gosh, all over ten years at this point. I mean, I still remember seeing that as a child and be like, whoa, Sonic is so cool you know what i mean <laughs> and then it's so much better than the dark intro because the dark intro is this eggman raiding the fucking military base which is shout yeah. cooler and pick like in theory but it's I mean, kind of no, when you get to the, the shadow levels, level it, yeah the shadow levels the, is where that kicks off because in the in the dark 
um, story, you have to start as Eggman and then you play as Rouge, I believe. Yeah, you and play as Rouge. Get Shadow. No, you yeah. play as Eggman, Rouge, Eggman, and then Shadow. That's right. And then the fourth level is uh, Radical Highway. Yeah. I kids like started with the dark story and then realized like wow this shit sucks and then returned it to like, <laughs> <laughs> just shitty edgy kids were like i'm going dark first oh, well, <laughs> i, I won't touch upon in the gameplay i think the eggman levels they have potential there but i think there's this they're exactly the same as the tales levels for the yeah. most yeah. part yeah well, it's like literally shit. a carbon copy between like hero and dark of like you know but i feel like there was more thought into the level design of eggman's levels than maybe, tales maybe. Like, there's definitely, like... Well, and also, Eggman's the most playable character in the Dark story. Like, I think he got the most levels. Like, I think Shadow has the less. Yeah, yeah. you have the least Shadow levels. You get a bunch of Rouge and Eggman levels, and that that's why the Dark story sucks. Yeah. It's and then just get... the... The mechs, I mean, honest, I, I think, in my opinion, the mechs should just be on rails. They shouldn't make you do platforming, yes. too, because that's well, really... Because that's what they did in Adventure 1. They had, like, uh, this Panzer Dragoon-esque uh, Tails yeah. level. And it was really right. fun. I, I like yeah. playing that level. But because no. it, it really is like it's what Panzer Dragoon would be like if it were like you can control the character yourself and it's not good for obvious reasons. Yeah. It's well, meant to be a rail shooter and they should have gone with that. Well, and that's the thing. Yeah. The con like the controls to those levels are not bad in my opinion. They're no, fucking no. terrible, man. I, really? <laughs> they, I, I cannot stand them. And I mean, it's like it's broken as shit. It's like you slip it's like you try to turn around and somehow your okay. character goes forward in, into the lava. Yeah, the, the, I, I the, always, the, the mech that. levels are very slidey. That I don't okay, agree with I will, that. Okay, I will agree with that, but I think like it's not like completely horrible or it's unplayable. I would say Eggman's... Oh, you're the, right. It's not unplayable. It's just frustrating. I definitely say Eggman's the better mech. Like They put more time into Eggman levels and Tails, uh, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Because even the level design, like Eggman has more interesting mech levels than Tails. Like, I think the closest it gets is maybe the pyramid level. Like, yeah. to me, that's just kind of the most interesting tales. And I think all the Eggman ones, you can kind of tell, was really... I don't know. But we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more with the gameplay. But the story of Sonic Adventure, it, it kind of, like, tries to blend, like, really, like, what made Sonic Adventure work and just kind of double down on it. Right. And it kind of hurt it at the end of the day because it was trying to take it way more seriously... But also still be kind of Saturday morning cartoon vibes. Like, also there's a lot of like, man. Again, talk, people talk about like, like I mentioned before, like making a shadow version of your protagonist. Man, our uh, platformer characters in the early 2000s fucking hate cops. <laughs> <laughs> No, like, there's seriously a line where Sonic is like, well, I fucking hate the police. Basically, no. he's like, I fucking hate the police, No, man. the line that you're thinking of, and I, I quote this, is, huh, there's always seems to be cops around when you don't need them. Like, yes, yeah, basically, <laughs> My yeah. God. It's like, like, wow, this is like peak 2020 right now. Right, I don't play let's jam. You gotta, he might as well just be like, let's jam, Tails. I'm sick of these pigs. Oink, oink. I don't know. Part of me, like, has this theory where all cops are bastards. Like, obviously, because our like, this has always been a thing with cops, period. Like, what's yeah. been, we learned, like, what now has seemed to be more, people are becoming aware about it. But, man, and, because not even the Sonic does it. Fucking Mario. Super Mario Sunshine playing this game in 2020. It's like, he gets falsely accused, where it's like, you can clearly tell it's not really Mario, but they don't fucking care, because they have to hit a per yeah. 
um, on, like, oh, they had I mean, to, yeah, like, I mean, throughout pretty much gaming history, like, I mean, video game developers, wh- whether their politics or whatever, they're almost always, always anti-com. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think about it. When was the last time there was like a positive portrayal of police in video games? Even ones that star Di- police are like dynamite, dynamite cop, man, dynamite <laughs> cop. Yeah, yeah. Die Hard Arcade is right. Yeah, that's about the last one because even in Time Crisis, you fight the cops in one of them. Yeah, the cops are corrupt. You just kill a cop, Virtua Cop. I mean, Virtua Cop, you're basically just executing like four people. Jesus. I, uh, guys, did you notice that Ben Shapiro has been tweeting at the podcast? Hypothetically, <laughs> <laughs> for the sake of this conversation. <laughs> if you give him an AOC feet picks, he'll go away. Oh my god. <laughs> But what I was just saying is just like, I, I just have this because I'm like, oh my God, like playing this game in 2020, I'm like, I hate the theory of just like, yeah, Sonic would not support this. Like, no, he's a fucking anarchist. Let's, like, yeah. let's go fucking a minute. You would have like an anarcho uh, communist like compound, like Red Dead Redemption style. Our, our only currency is chili dogs. Yes. <laughs> our I mean, chili dogs. I, I went with that. I, I, well, our chili dogs, comrade. I just wanted to mention I just wanted to mention that because I just couldn't help but not separate the two. Cause especially playing Sunshine as well during this time, I'm like, man, uh, our platforming mascots hate cops. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um but I mean yeah, even in Jack, you can kill the police. <laughs> like literally the second game in the series, you could go on like Grand Theft Auto style rampage. I mean T rated, but still it's you're still killing the police. I mean, Shadow yeah. eventually becomes the cops. In Shadow the Hedgehog, you can kill the cops. <laughs> but Shadow becomes a cop in Sonic look, 06. Let's fucking look, admit it. Look at how they massacred my boy. I mean, oh, <laughs> e- even even Roots the Bat, who is... She's an Asian, right? Yeah, she's an Asian. She is a cop. <laughs> All cops are bad. Yeah. But she only she's does... Like, bad is bad. She's so, like, like, I only get paid in jewels. That's why. It's like, yeah, it's more like sort of like, what's the word? Like, um, like a source of info, like a sort of like double agent. I don't know. It's, yeah. What's the term oh, she, for that? Yeah, she's definitely not like a, a cop cop. She's, you know, like revolver ocelot cop. Like, she, yeah. she would turn if you don't give her the money. Like, if you don't give that would her money. Like, she that. probably told the president to her face, I'm going to betray you if you fuck with me. <laughs> I can see that. Like, I mean, it fits her character, honestly. Yeah. They should definitely just like shamelessly rip off Revolver Ocelot for Rouge in the next game. <laughs> oh she like, comes in like twirling guns. Yeah, she's twirling guns. So, she like names what the pistol is, and she's like, "Sonic, do you know the feel of the pistol in your hand?" <laughs> Let's give all the Sonic characters some spinoff games because I think that's what needs to work. Instead of shoehorning <laughs> them in into a mainline Sonic game, let's just give them their own like little side game. That's like maybe not as big of a budget, but you get to do some weird shit like that. Well, hell yes. You know, it's kind of funny that we're talking about sort of Metal Gear Solid now because I, I think that's actually <laughs> no, I, 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 I shit you not, a major influence on the Sonic Adventure games was somehow Metal Gear Solid. I would not because, be surprised at all. Well, it's because you know, like I mean, Metal Gear Solid One really pioneered like the the in-engine cutscene, and and like Sonic Adventure Two. One thing that's interesting is that. Uh, you know, Sonic Adventure 1 has pretty much exclusively, like, full-motion videos. Uh, there are a few in-engine cutscenes, but, like, they really hammered it in with 2, where they use these, you know, like, like panning camera angle kind of real-time cutscenes that try very hard to emulate the style 
like of Metal Gear Solid, but don't nail it at all because they don't understand what made Metal Gear Solid's cutscenes work. So I will say this: Sonic Adventure Two definitely is presentation regarding the cutscenes is way better than Sonic Adventure One. Because Sonic Adventure yeah, One was very yeah, stilted. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it was made in 1998. It was their first yeah, time. I mean, like, right. Obviously, it was the learning curve, but Sonic Adventure 2, you could definitely tell they really knew how to push the system to its limit and really, because mm-hmm. an- the characters even feel animated with their motions, which was really cool. And yeah, it's I mean, huh? They they do, but they, they also have like the worst like amateur editing I've ever seen. Like, that's every true. time the cutscene ends, I, I could have sworn like the disc froze, you know? I mean, <laughs> just, they just stop yes. talking like half a second before yes. the cutscene ends. I mean, and that's yes. the weird thing about this game. It's like, as much as like it does do some better than Sonic Adventure 1, it also somehow what? fucks it up. <laughs> what Alan's talking about is exactly why there's that iconic cutscene when you first meet Shadow as Sonic oh. in the Girl story. I found you, Faker, and that's like they talk over each other in the voice acting because they, the, <laughs> the cutscenes are so shitty. Like the, the the editing is just like it's so all over the place. Yeah. Well, and also and like the like, audio, like the, the audio mix in one take, and it's a video game. How does it even work? <laughs> also, the audio mixing in that game is so bad. Well, like, I think, right? I think oh, it's yes. because a couple of reasons. Like they're they're translating from Japanese primarily, and they did not consider that at all for the oh, American. Oh fuck league. no! They were just like, no, get this shit out the door. This is the last one possibly ever. Fucking right? no. And <laughs> we got uh, we, we, we are so in debt. <laughs> at least it's not like Sonic <laughs> 06, where I can't it's like we my have. Kids. At least it's not like Sonic 06, where it has like a horrible development cycle, and it's like we still got to hit that 15 anniversary game. It's like we got to hit this at the 10 anniversary of Sonic, but at least there's a good game in here somewhere. Not like yeah. somewhere, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere. But no, it's just that's the thing. Is it's like with the weird about the presentation. As much as like it's so much more streamlined, there's a lot of things that it does so much better. Like I think the cutscenes, somewhat, is better than Sonic Adventure One, and it's like some of the animation is better. It's just how the game feels is better. But oh my god, there's so much I've got dropped the ball. The audio mixing's bad. The dubbing gets really bad at some points. The story, as much as it is a, I would prefer, I prefer Sonic Adventures 2 story over 1. It's definitely gets weird. And it's definitely like, talk about a character to get shoehorned in. We talk about Tails. Tails still feels naturally with the plot. Right. I feel He's like been part of the series for so long. Yeah, Knuckles feels like he shoehorned into this game. Like his, uh, yeah, like, I, I could argue that. Yeah, because like all he really is there is just the master emblem, and it yeah. really, and it doesn't really even come into play until the last story. <laughs> I mean, you could have just had Rouge, and it would have made more sense. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think the problem was that they were trying to have that, like you know, like perfect balance like uh yeah the the good guys and the bad guys yeah same thing they did they the same blunder they made with sonic heroes by having wanting extra teams and just being like well let's just create like six new characters that no one's ever heard of (laughs) well hey hey (laughs) hey the the chaotics were actually in the sonic canon at that point knuckles chaotics a 32x game I, I know I'm I'm the only person on earth to own a working 32x and a copy of sonic uh knuckles chaotix which we used Jesus. to be called Sonic, uh, what's it, Sonic Crackers? They're, the development yeah, of that game is fascinating. <laughs> Sonic <laughs> Crackers? Well, it was, it, it was originally a Genesis game, but they realized this isn't fun. So instead of canning it, they're like, you know what? Let's make a full-featured game without Sonic. <laughs> it, actually, it actually wasn't bad. It actually, it's, it's, it's not a horrible game. It's not yeah, a good the music game. music is amazing, too. It's not a good game, but it's not a bad game. It, but we'll, you know, I, I would argue that was the first mainline, quote-unquote, Sonic game where you could kind of see, like, 
like a lot of the the people on Sonic Team and related, they they really didn't understand game design past what made the original 2D ones great. They just every uh, new idea they tried, they just kind of like floundered. I would say yeah. I would say that because Sonic 3D Blast would probably be the game I pick, but that wasn't developed by Sonic Team. That was Traveler's yeah, that was, Tales. Yeah, that's the Lego Star Wars people, Traveler's Tales. So and even then, back. like the game, they they did the best for the limitation of what they were trying to do with that fucking yeah. game. So. They they basically succeeded in creating an isometric Donkey Kong Country ripoff. Somehow, <laughs> that's actually you're pretty spot on on that actually. Yeah, and yeah. it lo- it looks great, it looks fantastic, but like the gameplay is just okay. It's yeah, the it's not really game bad. Played. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't hate that game, but it's just so okay. But I don't know, like the president. Is this weird to me? Like the presentation is so weird. Like it's it's like takes two steps forward and one step back at yeah. every aspect that uh, Sonic Adventure Two does. Yeah, and it just I don't know, man. It's just it's so weird. But going into the presentation, let's we've been kind of talking about it a little bit there, but let's really get into the gameplay because. They do streamline it. As much as you play as six characters in this game, it's really just free uh, gameplay types. Speed, mech, and treasure hunting. Right. And, again, it's two steps forward, one step back. I do think they do improve on some of the stuff that Sonic Adventure 1 does, but in the way, f- flunder in another aspect of it. Let's talk about the speed level first, because I feel like that's really the game's greatest achievement is those levels, mm. especially for Sonic. Um because I'm not gonna lie, this may be kind of controversial, and I'm gonna, and this is coming from a person who loves colors and generations. I think Sonic Adventure Two is probably the best Sonic has been in 3D. I yeah, agree with that. yeah. I I haven't played a Sonic game yet that I, that I felt was as good of a representation of Sonic as this one. As much I, as I, I, huh? I, I, I personally think Generations has better Sonic gameplay. In my I, opinion, yeah. I, I, w- I would say this. I love Generations. Like Generations is pr- like one of my favorite games of the last decade. Like I mm-hmm. fucking love that game, and I do think there's a lot of aspects of Sonic Generations does right. But I think what they try to do with 3D because it's also meds 2D with it, and I think that's what I mean. Like fully 3D, I think Sonic Adventure kind of get that slight edge because it is fully in that. a 3D environment, even though it may not be you know as open as you think, but it definitely feel. They definitely know what they were trying to do with that. And yeah. I don't know what happened after that because Sonic Heroes kind of has a little bit of, like, tries to be. But I think that's when they really were trying to go all in on gimmicks. I don't, it's just to me, like, some of my all-time favorite Sonic levels are in this game. Obviously, I just feel like it was a lot more tight. You know what I mean? Like, when you're okay. doing a speed level, like, you know, it's so easy in, like, the later Sonic games when you're, like, going through a loop and you're going really fast and you have to hit those, like, you know, what are they called? Like, those treadmills that you, like, have yeah. to hit to, like, yeah. make these huge jumps. It's so easy to miss them in, like, newer oh, yeah. Sonic games. Mm-hmm. Well, in Sonic Adventure 2, I think the level design perfectly fits the controls of that game. Or it co- not perfectly, I, I, but... I don't agree. But go, go ahead with you. But I just, there's just something about, because, I mean, like, they, it's like the level of the games, they, also the 60 frames per second, I think, really, because the control, it feels really precise, like, with the homing attack and everything. Like, I feel like I'm in control of Sonic, and it really works. I mean, don't get me wrong, it has its flaws. The controls can be very slippery at times. It's easy to fuck up, because as much as they try to simplify it, because... You only have two action buttons. You have your jump button and then you have the B button that does either like the somersault or a light speed dash or whatever. 
that can kind of fuck up around with it, especially when you're trying to do like speed runs and trying to like beat like get to the level as fast as you can by doing exploits of it. But some of the set pieces are like some of the best in the series. Like I mean, oh for sure. We do we can't talk about this game without talking about. I mean, we talk about how this game opens. Oh yes, this game opens with literally maybe one of the best intro fucking levels of all time. Like it rivals goddamn Green Hill Zone. I mean, yes. it's almost it's almost like kind of superseded. Oh, I've seen the more exciting level than Green Hill Zone One. I mean, but for sure, yeah, it to might me, be the best entire uh, opening level in the series period ever. To, to me, I actually agree with that. Sonic of it, like City Escape, it's basically Green Hill Zone in the modern era. Yes, like it, and, but it's the one that they don't really revisit as much as Green Hill Zone. <laughs> That was the thing that always got me about later Sonic games. Like, City Escape was so good. And then it was like, why could they not recapture that magic in later games? Well, they, just, they, like, did. They, they did. It's called I, City I Escape say, in Sonic Generations. I, I will say <laughs> oh my God. The, the 3D level in Sonic Generations is, in my opinion, better than City Escape. In, well, in yeah, game. no shit. Like, it, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that you say no shit, but they could have easily fucked it up. They could, yeah, that's fair. Definitely. I mean, Definitely. I definitely. We, we all played Sonic 06. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that came out after this. So I, I think mean, you could like you could really say Christ, You could say Crisis City was kind of the spiritual successor to City Escape. Oh my god! Right. If, if like Crisis City was like run over by a car, you know, like this. <laughs> I mean, to me, like everything about what works with Sonic and 3D is City Escape. Like even there's yeah. been think pieces of like. The franchise has never really hit that high again, like of City Escape. Yeah. I, I feel like the, the franchise peaked in City Escape, and after that, it was just like a fucking nine degree drop into a pool of shit. I mean, Sonic oh, Adventure 100%. 2, like the levels, like it does definitely because I do think City Escape is the best level in the fucking game. That's period. But it's not like a straight decline; it's like a steady decline, and then here it's like it's like a, a 50, then, 50 degree angle. <laughs> like it's a steady decline throughout the rest of Sonic Adventure 2 and then once you hit the Sonic Heroes it's a lot of steeper in- decrease and then you hit Shadow the Hedgehog and sh- Sonic 06 and that's when you really get to the bottom of that chart pretty much because um, even Sonic Unleashed I do think gets kind of close with some of their speed levels but the oh, bit- like I, I still have the demo of Sonic Unleashed on my PS3 I've never it's been on there for like I think god like 12 years now and I, I will never delete it. it. That that thing will die when my PS3's hard drive dies. I mean, that, it's an excellent first level. It, or, it, it's a second level. That's why it's actually yeah. It's a, I think the first level. I for, it's like I the first level's okay. But it's all right. I mean, uh, rooftop run's still my favorite from that game. But mm-hmm. I digress. But the Sonic, like I don't know. It just it gets the speed right. It gets the precision platforming. It's like. People, there's always that argument of like, oh, it just feels like I'm just like playing a roller coaster. Like I don't really have that much in control. What's that's always been Sonic though, and even in 2D, that's your reward for going continuously fast, but still maintaining a good momentum, but also having good precision with your platforming. You get well, to have have those rewards of those cool set pieces. I, I I think this is where I'd like to talk about my counterpoint of like I. I think Sonic Adventures 2, Sonic Adventure 2's controls have aged much worse than you're saying they have because, I mean, just playing it today, I mean, there are so many problems with the 3D controls. It's like, it's kind of infuriating. Like, I mean, the first problem with Sonic Adventure 2 happens like about five seconds in 
Well, like you can easily fuck up jumping off that ramp and just lose oh, yeah, all no. momentum. No, no, it's I like, agree. It's it's like they really did try with the three controls, but I, I think it was just kind of limited by the 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 weaker knowledge of how collision detection works. Because I mean, if you think about it, like Sonic Adventure Two might have been the first game in the 3D space to test collision detection, like Sonic Adventure Two did. I mean, yeah. like there, the fact that there are places in that game where you can just like glitch to the floor, it shows that how hard that the Dreamcast is working to make sure that Sonic is like making contact with the ground. I mean, and right. a lot of that is where it kind of fails. It just they, they, the technology was limited and it, it results in a lot of killed momentum. That's the main thing. And especially with like later Sonic games is it's so easy to just suddenly lose the momentum for like no reason. Like, you know, in the 2D games, like if you mess up and you lose your momentum, it's at least like telegraphed to you in a clear way. But in the 3D games, it'll literally be like, what did I even hit? It'll be like, oh, you hit like the invisible corner of this building. You took the analog stick 10% out of where it should have been tilted. You're going to fuck up that entire jump. Yeah. Were you going to say something like that? No, no, I, that, I, I was agreeing. The only, the, the only thing that I think, so, so that's one of the things I think was the rush development and pushing the Dreamcast to their limits, how the huh. levels were kind of broken, because they also added a, a cool feature in this game that I don't know if it was in Sonic Adventure 1 or if it was, I can't remember, uh, but it's really highlighted in like Green Forest and the Jungle Zone where like, if you start going too fast, you're supposed to catch onto the lip of the level and start grinding. No, it's Sonic and Adventure 2. It <laughs> yeah. And that's and I, I thought I, that keeps you going forward and doesn't kill the momentum. It just wasn't implemented super great because you can still go flying. And then like I know multiple times in Green Forest, I've beaten on that level and like fallen and just landed at like the end of the level and been like, oh, OK. I mean, there's so many exploits <laughs> in that game. Like it's I can kind of see that. But I, so I think Sonic Adventure kind of tries to it's very small ways. But yeah, no, definitely Sonic Adventure 2 definitely does it a little bit more interesting. Yeah. But even like the collision detected, that's just free platforming back in that day because uh, replaying Sunshine, yeah. uh, <laughs> as much as like I love that game. Um, but I do think the camera is the biggest issue with that game. That kind of. Oh, oh, my God. So, yeah, we, we need to segue into the camera because like, holy shit, if there is one thing I fucking fucking hate about this bullshit fucking game is the camera <laughs> fuck this game i hate the camera yeah it's it gets real bad on camera those mech levels i was about, about to say. say actually i was gonna say i don't think they will get as bad with the sonic and shadow level but the knuckles you're right the knuckles, treasure hunter uh, the knuckles and the the mech levels be. it definitely gets really bad yeah, I mean, I mean on the like, speed on the speed levels, the camera just has to follow Sonic and Shadow. Like, that's yeah. literally all it has to do. But it's then when you're when you're moving in 3D directions with the mechs and stuff like that, it's like, okay, where does this platform go? It's off camera, so it, just you know, guess. But I, I don't know. There's just something to me like, because even like people talk about City Escape being like the best, which it definitely it's level's best game. But Metal Harbor, Green Forest, there are really great Sonic levels. Oh, like, there were, yeah, I mean. You know, as, as much as I should on the collision detection, like, I mean, Green Forest is just like, like with, with the Dreamcast analog stick, it's just like, I feel like I'm on crack with that level. Like I can barely keep them from like running into the swamp. Well, the, but, like, it, I mean, I, I will say the feeling that you get when you get an A rank in any of the Sonic or speed levels, is just like why? chef's kiss. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that, that's when you've got the, that's pure Sonic right there. Yeah. Why, why, why? You know, sex is cool and all, but have you ever got all A ranks in Sonic Adventure 2? <laughs> and, and the, uh, the answer to that is no. I have never gotten an A rank in Metal Harbor. Fuck that level. I think I did once, but it had to be like back when I played this game, like literally, like religiously. Right. 
it's impossible. It's like you can't get any higher than like a C unless you're just like a god. <laughs> like there was a period of time where I played this game like a lot as a kid, and I I, I mean I didn't A rank all the levels because I'm not fucking insane, but um, I don't know. But to me, those level those levels like are really what makes to me like this what Sonic should feel like in 3D, which I do think colors and generations do get close to. I mean, again, this is coming from a person I love colors and generations, but there's just something about like Sonic Adventure 2 that I do think it's just I think the execution because Sonic Colors and Sonic Generation does mess 2D elements to the 3D elements, where Sonic Adventure really is all 3D if you think about it. Um, but and why this game is so fondly remembered, and even like the low moments of Sonic, like uh, Mad get, get whatever that arc level is, and then. I like the final Sonic level of like you railing, but it's not like a highlight. But yeah. there's still yeah, they fun levels. Find quality after the pyramid level. There's still fun levels. Like I still I can revisit them and have a good time with it. Except the pyramid level. The pyramid level is the only really bad Sonic level in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's, in Adventure Two. Yeah, Adventure Two. I don't like that level at all as a Sonic. Like for Sonics, like speed it's, levels. It's like it, it's just boring. I think it's its biggest sin. It's not like broken, it's just boring. Yeah, that's like it's just like, yeah, monotonous and stuff like that. And then Shadow, it's like even Shadow doesn't even get that much love as Sonic. Like Radical Highway, it's it's fun, but it's not like City Escape. It's like, you know, it's kind of cool, but there's a couple cool set pieces. White Jungle, I think, is my favorite Shadow level. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, because it's just like Green Force. It's like whatever, like what Green Force was trying to do, but in a different take, and it's really cool. Um, Skyrail seems to be the one a lot of people love to go to. It's fine to me. It's fun. That's all I can really say about it. It's cool to see. Yeah. Punk it's cool to see Pumpkin Hill in daytime. Dude, all of the Knuckles levels. I just got a. I, we haven't talked about music yet, but literally every Knuckles level has a banger music track. That's so. true. That is so fucking true. That is goddamn certifiable like, fact like, about this game. Like the the rapper Marlon Sanders, he's like he's big with. I think he's still with the Sega Sound team. Like he's, he has to be. He's, he's been in like every '90s Sega game that had like a black guy in it. It's <laughs> oh my god! It's like and he's good. He's like actually a good singer and a good rapper. And it's, just, it's wonderful. There's an argument <laughs> that you could say that Pumpkin Hill is actually a, like a fucking amazing track, and you could actually yeah. make a good argument for it. Um, yeah. But again, like, I don't know. They're just. Sonic to me in Sonic Adventure 2 is kind of the best. I don't want to say it, it gets close to the best because I do think Generation does a little bit better with the speed gameplay in some ways, but it's definitely... There's a model here that I do... It's it's kind of like why I think so many fans want people to revisit it, and I do think if they do, we'll talk about it later, but there is a model that this game start, like really hit upon that I feel if you just flesh it out more and just fix the issues, you have a great game in yeah and yeah it's just they kind of did in heroes but then he kind of like had to make the the team play and then shadow the hedgehog with and sonic 06 is another story and then they went to the booth formula and sonic unleashed so but and that's it on part one of sonic adventure 2 again um next week's uh episode will be the the, the continuation of the second half of this uh two-hour-long recording section that we had uh, regarding the game, uh, going in a bit more detail on the gameplay, particularly more of the mech and treasure hunting levels. 
and our final thoughts on the game and if it, the game holds up. So um, I'm excited to see uh, what y'all uh, get to hear about that next week. Um, again, thank you guys again for listening and supporting the show in any way and all the ways you can. This means a lot. And thank you for kind of tolerating with this little change of format. But again, I think this is probably better um, kind of getting bits and pieces and kind of one long really uh, in-depth conversation about this game so i think uh you know um this uh is probably the right move of the show but again i would love to hear you guys feedback regarding this two-parter um just hit me up either in our email which is up and down and around at gmail.com or even social media either facebook instagram twitter all the same up and down and all around i would love to hear y'all's feedback about this and yeah i'm super excited uh I this has had been a very fun episode, as you can kind of tell, having uh, Alan, Michael, and Natasha on it. We all have some different fondness with the game, and I feel like it really comes out and it gets into some really fun places. And I'm excited to uh, have y'all hear the rest of it next week when the episode drops. But again, um, if you can't support the show, uh, just follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, up and down and all around. Rate and review reviewed us on any platform that you listen to the show on and um yeah email the show as well if you have any concerns or questions or anything like that uh up and down and around at gmail.com um yeah i'm excited to for y'all to hear the next part once we drop it next week but until then everybody stay safe be good to each other and wash your hands